0: This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Does this Cadbury chocolate bar remind you of an ad that keeps getting repeated on our television screens at the moment? A little boy is travelling home on the bus with his mum with a bar of Cadbury Dairy Milk in his hand just like this that he's been told to save for later. He tries to distract himself but then notices a distressed teenage girl in a seat nearby. He ends up offering her a piece of his chocolate bar and it seems to help and he finally gets a slight smile out of her and then his mum relents and lets him have a piece as well. Cadbury tells us that, to use their byline, there's a glass and a half in everyone. It's amazing what a piece of chocolate can do. A life can be impacted and reset by even a small act of generosity like this. It's a bit like how we can view God sometimes. We see him turn up, or we think he should, just when we need him, surprising us in the midst of tough times offering us a little something to get us through. Yet God's friendship is about so much more. And do you know the Forrest Gump movie scene where Forrest Gump offers a woman at a bus stop the chance to pick a chocolate? From a box of chocolates he has just opened. And then Tom Hanks utters that famous line, My mum always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Well, we don't always know, do we, what life will serve up to us. But we can be absolutely sure that God will keep revealing himself and his presence with extravagance. And that changes everything. And as we finish our parable series today, that's what our Bible reading from Luke 11 is all about.
1: The Bible reading for today is Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Jesus' teaching on prayer. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on the journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door already is, is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he would not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your, of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake and said? Or if he asks for a, an egg? If he then, though you are evil, now to give good gifts to children, how much more will your father... In heaven, give the Holy Spirit for those who ask to
0: Him. What a difference it makes when you know the person you are praying to. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can forget to include God in what is happening for me. Dumb, hey? It's been said, when all else fails, pray. And rather than being the first thing that we do, praying, connecting to God, can sometimes be the last thing that's on our mind. How patient God is with us. He's there all the time, ready and waiting to share his amazing grace and generosity with every one of us. It's interesting that just before today's Bible reading, if you have a look at the end of the previous chapter, we have the story of Mary sitting and listening quietly to Jesus, while her very distracted sister Martha fusses about. How we need to be more like Mary, more often. Luke talks more than any of the other New Testament writers about Jesus spending time in prayer with his Father. And there is so much to encourage us in these stories. Here in chapter 11, Jesus' disciples could again see Jesus had been praying. And it inspires them to ask Jesus to teach them to pray. It's worth thinking about what people ask us to teach them from what they observe in our lives. How we need authentic practitioners to teach us. So Jesus gives his disciples a model prayer, which we know as the Lord's Prayer, not to use as the only prayer or as a magic formula, but as an example of how to pray, of what to focus on. It provides guidelines and prayer priorities for us. Like the Ten Commandments, it starts with who God is, and then it deals with our specifics. And so Jesus then tells his disciples two short parables about who God is, what God is like, both of which make the same point. And that's what I want us to especially take from today. The first story is about a friend, and the second one is about a father, a parent. And in both, comparing the lesser with the greater, which Jesus points us to, to God himself, who is the most awesome, remarkable friend and parent you could ever imagine. And we are all needing both of those very much, aren't we? During this COVID season, it's been wonderful to keep hearing the stories of friendship being shown. Uh, Just the neighbours in the street where Beth and I live have become friends more than ever before this year. So let's look first of all in verse 5 and see what we can learn about the friend. What is Jesus saying here? Well, late at night, a fellow is banging on the door because he can't buy any bread at that hour or he doesn't have Time to make it for his visitor. And so he's desperate to get some from his friend. So he is not embarrassed, not being able to provide the expected normal hospitality. Well, his friend's not impressed at all. He's all cozy there in bed. But this doesn't stop the fellow at the door persisting. And it's because of his boldness, verse 8 says. And the original word actually could be best translated in the cultural context as shamelessness. Because of his shamelessness, he keeps knocking. Now, this is also what got the friend out of bed because he knew in their culture it was shameful as a friend not to help provide hospitality for a visitor. So it's not persistence so much that won out, but it was the shameless persistence, knowing that it was okay to ask, even if it meant waking up your friend at midnight. Jesus is saying God wants to know us like that. God wants us to know him like that, that he is up for this kind of friendship and much more. And what about you and I? Are we too proud or ashamed to call out to God as our friend, especially in the middle of the night, literally or in other ways, when we feel so overwhelmed Because of Jesus, there is no shame. He's taken all our shame upon himself. What an amazing act of friendship. And there is no reason at all not to call out to God loudly, to knock hard on his door and to keep knocking. And we know that he doesn't sleep and he even watches over us when we do. Sometimes I find people think that I as a pastor have got some kind of hotline to heaven That somehow I'm a better person to say a prayer. That God will listen to me more than them. That I know the right words to say. Isn't it fantastic that you, yes you, can be just as sure and qualified as anyone else to talk with God, to pray, to listen to him, to receive his gracious, generous gifts and responses every day. God just wants to hear you and I, whatever words we use or think. And he knows every language, remember, as well. So Jesus says in verse nine, ask, seek, knock, and you will receive, find, have it opened up to you. Uh, God is the very best friend with a capital F that you will ever have. So we don't need to hesitate at all. Uh, We shouldn't come half-hearted or half-convinced That God's love, God's heart towards us is not total, overflowing today, looking for ways to meet you and I just where we're at, uh, whatever is happening. But of course, he's not like some kind of cosmic Coke machine that might sometimes steal our coins or like a phone app that you can expect to do what you want instantly. And a lot gets said nowadays, doesn't it, about the entitled generation, Well, which generation is that? It's not just the younger generation, is it? We all love our comfort zone, don't we? And we all can too quickly crumble if things are not quite provided how we want them and uh, when we want them. Of course, sometimes because God is a real friend and does know best, the answer to our banging on his door sometimes is going to mean he says no or not yet, or he doesn't quite open the door as quickly as we'd like. Of course, this doesn't fully explain why some of our prayers just don't seem to get answered in ways we can understand at all, and why tragic things still happen, even when good can come out of it. Uh, We've got limited insight into the bigger picture of all God knows and sees. And this is why knowing God as a friend enables us to trust his character and his love for us when we pray, and in however he answers us. I wonder if you know God as that co- that kind of friend, that good a friend. Is God your friend? Would you like him to be? There are people on the other end of the text number on your screen that would love to hear from you and, and hear what you think about that. Who else can you reach out to? Why don't you knock on the door of someone who you can see actually knows God as a friend already? Someone who can maybe start to help you Find some answers to your questions who can walk alongside you in getting to know God at all, getting to know him better. So this is the biggie today, that ultimately what makes the difference for all of us is not just getting something from God, but getting in touch with God himself and knowing him as the best friend we could ever have, regardless of the circumstances. And rather than just wanting the circumstances to change and thinking, come on, God, hurry up, do it. God can use the circumstances in surprising ways to change us, which I know is easier to say on our better days. But we do need to say along with the disciples, don't we? Lord, teach us to pray. Help us to get to know you as a friend. He is certainly much, much better than a piece of chocolate. God is not a commodity, He wants to be your friend, my friend, our friend. And he will always say yes to anyone who wants a friendship with him. And that brings us to the second story from verse 11, the story about the father, the parent. And in verse 13, we read, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? And Matthew's parallel version, of this very verse says, good gifts to those who ask him. How much more? How much more is God the Father, the most amazing parent, who wants us to grow up healthy and strong in every way, who is available by his spirit to indwell us, who offers himself to us, to give us good gifts, to show us the difference he can make. That is beyond anything we can achieve or obtain from anyone else and certainly without him the parents of course always want the best for their children at this time of vce exams i remember chocolate being a part of my parenting especially when our daughter laura was studying hard at the end of year 12. one of the ways i learnt i could support her was to get her favorite chocolate bar when the pressure was really on and sometimes she would just yell out to me from her room Dad, I need chocolate. And it was usually about 9.30 at night. I would drop everything. I would race around to our local supermarket. I would buy her favourite chocolate bar. I would get home as quick as I could, run to her room, place the chocolate bar on her desk in front of her and back away slowly. Well, that's got nothing on God's parenting and commitment uh, for us and to us and of us. We need a lot more than chocolate, don't we? God actually provides the very, very best for his children. And he will do that consistently and perfectly and so appropriately every time. He's always accessible. He's never too preoccupied to be with us. He never pushes us away. And regardless of whether we have been good children or not this year, he has lined up the best ever Christmas present possible in the person of Jesus. And he keeps giving of himself still every day by his spirit's presence and work in us and then through us for others. The Bible describes us being his children in lots of different ways, being his daughters and sons, belonging to his forever family, being made in his image, knowing his acceptance that provides identity and security that every one of us as children need. Uh, like no one else can provide it and nothing else. He knows each of us by name. He's committed to always be our parent uh, through thick and thin, whatever's going on. And incredibly, we can know the one that Jesus prayed to as Abba, the intimate Aramaic word for daddy. We don't just get to know about God, we get to know him. As a friend, yes, and also as a parent, And prayer becomes what we do with him as his child. So no matter how fantastic your human parents are or were, God's parenting is just off the charts. His love for us knows no bounds. He is prepared to forgive anything. Did you hear that? He is prepared to forgive anything. Nothing needs to hold us back. There is freedom and hope In every way and every situation, there is healing of any influence in the past. He wants to reset the present. He is reshaping the future. He's setting things up without us even knowing about it yet. He loves us enough to actually even discipline us at times as the perfectly loving parent, always for our best. So not only is he happy for us to to knock on his door at any time of the day or night, about anything, not only does he want to be our friend, even when we have taken him for granted or forgotten him or ignored him or misunderstood him, maybe for a long time. Incredibly, his love battery never goes flat, but he always also wants to parent us and give us good gifts and the ultimate gift of himself to fill every area of our lives by his spirit and to release us to experience the fullness of of what we've actually been created to enjoy. All you and I need to do is ask, seek, knock. It might seem too easy, too simple. So why is it so hard sometimes? Well, getting to know God like that, learning how to pray, just starts with actually doing it, taking a step, praying, listening, knocking, just praying. God won't force himself on us. He's right there. And he's only interested in a real two-way relationship. And that's why he made you. He has already said yes to us. And he keeps saying yes. How about you and I say yes to him today in whatever way, in whatever area he has before you at the moment. Start there and let the world see what happens when God Himself is our friend and our parent, Amen. Amen. Join me. Let's just pray for a moment. Oh, our God, we just uh, we just confess that it's um, sometimes hard to believe that you're this good, that you really want to be our friend, and you're the best friend that we can have. That we can trust you and your love and depend upon you as being the parent uh, in every way uh, that we need. Lord, teach us more about yourself. Teach us to pray. Teach us to grow in our just very open, relaxed, real relationship in a down-to-earth, feet-on-the-ground, everyday way, I pray. Lord, this parable series has just been just wonderful, amazing, uh, Wonderful things to think about. It's it's just fantastic that we can actually go online again and re-listen and stop and think and process. Lord, help us to keep doing that. Do that from these two little parables to today, I pray. And we, Lord, we're expectant. We look forward to what it means to have you walking with us as an even better friend, as a parent that we know and that we need and that we can just enjoy more every day. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. I mean.